Hi, everybody, and welcome to Did You Bring Earplugs, a musical misadventure. Guys, how are we doing? This is, this is well, episode three, week 837 of quarantine? Right. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, yeah, how are we doing? Uh, been a rough week, to be honest. Yeah, why is that, Sasha? Just personally, I've been missing friends and stuff, so I've just been feeling yeah. Mike's yeah. been really busy with work. Like he literally works, he works overtime every day now. And that includes like Saturdays and Sundays. So yeah, so oh. we are, we are down a man, literally down one man. And that, that man's mm-hmm. name is Michael. Oh, uh, my name's Julian, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm Sasha. I'm Julian. <laughs> and the voice that you're not hearing is Mike. Mike has, uh, as, as Sasha just mentioned, been very, very busy with work, has not had time to prep for the pod. Uh, we are missing him dearly today. Um, you know, uh, he, he is with us in spirit, in soul, and in the fart that he undoubtedly ripped before he left the room that Sasha is sitting in. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can really feel him on a, on a physical, on a visceral level. Yeah. Yep. That's what this room smells like. So we hit it. But yeah, I, I, I too have uh, been feeling the the anxiety and stress of isolation more keenly uh, this this in the last week. Um, it, yeah. It's definitely it's it's mounted and it's and it feels like a, a culmination of all the bad stuff. Yeah. Yep. It hit me last week pretty hard. I don't know what it was. I literally couldn't like put a finger on it, but I was just like beside myself could not handle like just being alone and like doing nothing and working and living in the same four walls because mm-hmm. I live in a studio you know so like it's just so lonely it's so yeah. much to handle yeah 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 it's it's not easy um I mean especially like I have a roommate Sasha has a, a roommate who is her fiance. Mike, but yeah, you, it's just you and it's just you and the Maggie. It's just you and the dog. Me and the pup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's rough. I I I truly sympathize with those that are truly isolating when uh, with this shelter in place. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. No, we are not here to bring everybody down by <laughs> expressing the same uh, uh, woes and anxieties that everyone's feeling. We're not here mm-hmm. to remind you of that today. We are here to talk about things that make us happy specifically our favorite musical moments from non-musical tv or movies spoiler alert we all chose tv but you know the option was out there um for a little bit of background for for the uh for the really committed fans out there so uh back when we used to be able to be in each other's physical presences uh we all uh, you know uh, really love this show called uh, I Think You Should Leave. And uh, we wanted to do an episode. uh, It's quite a musical show. um, And we wanted to do an episode about our favorite musical moments from I Think You Should Leave um, featuring Tim Robinson. Uh, We did record that episode and Audacity decided to take a big old shit all all over it. Audacity had the audacity. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Audacity had the audacity to take a big old shit over the recording, and it was unusable. It's the lost episode. Um, so we figured we'd bring something like that back, but uh, mix it up a little bit, since um, the the timeliness of I Think You Should Leave has, has passed somewhat. We're still waiting for season two, Timmy. Um, yeah. So again, today we're going to talk about our favorite musical moments from non-musical TV or movies. Now, just to set the ground rules, 
Uh, so a show like Bob's Burgers, even though none of our picks were from Bob's Burgers, Bob's Burgers would have been eligible because it is, because it is yeah. not explicitly. Wow, I've got a, a lot of regrets now. <laughs> yeah. It is not explicitly a musical. However, a show like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that is explicitly a musical television show would have been off mm-hmm. True. books. So I know we all have some good picks. Who wants to go first? I can go. I feel like I never go first. Yes, Sasha, kick her off. (laughs) So uh, my choice is the song A Little Bit Alexis from the show Schitt's Creek. Feel free to sing along if you know the words. Okay. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm a Lamborghini. I'm a Hollywood star. I'm a little bit tipsy when I drive my car. I'm expensive sushi. I'm a cute, huge yacht. I'm a little bit single, even when I'm not. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit of la, 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 la. A little bit of like. So Schitt's Creek Sorry, is a... Uh, you, you have to say it the correct way, which is... Ah, ah. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, it's from the Canadian-born TV show. Um, and I believe the episode is from the fifth season. Um, yes, yes. Season five is episode eight. Um, and... The episode is basically focused around um, an audition for a musical. Uh, the town is doing like a little audition for the musical cabaret. And, um, you know, Alexis auditions and against her mother's wishes, she auditions and she performs of her course. song. A little bit Alexis from her, her reality show. Which I believe is of the same, yeah, the same. Her, her critically <laughs> reviewed reality show, critically not, reviewed not, not, not critically acclaimed. To right. be specific, <laughs> critically reviewed. Yeah, and, and limited run. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. She's uh, also. It's also of note that she's Alexis Rose, represented by Alexis Rose Talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that just okay. So, so the beginning of that clip just packs in so many jokes in like a <laughs> five second span of time. It's spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, I was actually thinking of picking the other, like the moment between David and um, the first time that uh, Patrick sings to David. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I was going to pick. <laughs> A very good moment. Cause then they revert, you know, then David does the whole night, you know, goes to the nines yeah. and does the actual version of that song. Um, but in terms of the Shit's Creek fandom, I feel like both of those musical instances are pretty well trodden. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that that I think I think it's been a while since I've laughed so hard at something that I had to pause it and like leave. Cause like when she's like on the ground and she's like <laughs> kicking and like can't even, you know, oh my God. <laughs> so good. And like and like um her mom's face and oh fuck. Um Jocelyn? Jocelyn's face, yeah, like, oh my god, Jocelyn, <laughs> Jocelyn like, doesn't want to be mean, but yeah. she's like, oh, I love it. Yeah, I feel like Jocelyn's default expression is um, smiling through pain. 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like Jocelyn becomes like one of my favorite characters because she kind of becomes a little unhinged. Uh, it's yeah. very subtle, like in especially in that season and the in the season after that. Like, yeah. oh, she's great. Is that the season where you find out she's like a huge Poison fan or something like that? that is the season or like yeah. the leopard or like some hair metal band yeah, she's like utterly un utterly unsurprising um, yeah. my, my favorite detail from that scene that i didn't notice until i watched the clip for like the 17th time was moira kicking jocelyn under the table <laughs> to get her to stop <laughs> um, it's so much because she tells her like to not let her daughter audition like like please don't like don't even consider this and she's like, no, I'm sure she, you know, she comes from you. The apple can't fall far from the tree. Like we have to at least give her a chance. And then after she like yeah. does her thing and they realize that they can't cast her. And then she like drops by with like flowers and chocolates and she thinks yeah. she got the role instead of a consolation prize. <laughs> yeah. So good. And then she does put her in in the show anyway. Like she's like mm -hmm. a backup vocalist at the end of it. But yeah, it's yeah. just. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the, the song itself is just so keenly observed because it's like, it's believable as a trashy pop song. Like yeah. you can really, you can hear if there was production behind it, you'd be like, oh yeah, this, this is a song that despite being very, very bad could gain some traction, like legitimate traction. Like, well, it did, didn't it? Like. It kind of became like a TikTok thing, and then I think in like gay clubs, even like they played in gay clubs. Oh, like, I, I, I mean, like, like if that. if in the world of if in the oh, fictional okay. world of Shit's Creek, like the song. Well, yeah, like existed. It, it definitely sounds like it could have been like a Paris Hilton, like yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, also, this song in pop culture, if we're talking about it, Kelly Clarkson, who has a tv show now yeah um, i had no idea until i found this goddamn clip <laughs> she gave the people what they wanted mm -hmm. finally and she's got a talk show now the R -R -R and, remix yes and she had like i've only seen like the memes from it and then the clip of the song but her guests that day were the stars of was it 1917 what was the what was that movie at the oscars this year oh the world about, war one movie yeah no, i think it was 1917 yeah is it what but what was it called Probably 1970. We just watched 1917. 1917? Yeah. Okay. So it was the two stars from that movie who are these like young British men. Yeah. And then her like third guest was the girl who plays Alexis. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh my God, I love the show. And the two like Brits don't know really, like they don't know what's going on. And then she's like, she's going to perform it for us. And then Alexis like starts performing the song. And Kelly Clarkson decides to join and they like wrote up some verses for her you, you said decide to join as if it was improv like this is clearly a plan it was thing. not <laughs> it was not and people really rallied around this performance mm -hmm. i will say that her verses were not hot fire not, not they were bad it, it was and almost it as was if she was so writing serious i had lyrics. to turn it off i like yeah. i don't even know if i've watched the whole thing i, I don't think i can watch it i don't yeah. know some of that stuff yeah. stuff like that gives me secondhand embarrassment yeah, oh yeah. yeah no 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 I, and <laughs> The the original clip strikes a very a fine balance between cringe comedy and and mm -hmm. just outright comedy, but it's yeah. and, and mercifully they cut her off before you can really you know want to shed your own skin. But yeah, the Kelly Clarkson clip was a bit a bit much, and 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 to your point, Jillian, you can see the sort of like dumbfounded, but I still have to act like I'm enjoying this expressions on the two <laughs> yeah. other guests' faces. I kind of want to watch it just for them. You gotta, you gotta, because they're in the background. 
they keep like pan, they pan to them a couple times i think and they're like what? <laughs> what the, the, the worst thing was that uh kelly clarkson tried to insert herself too much into the song so for her verse i believe it was i'm not it wasn't i'm a little bit alexis it was like i'm a lot texas or something yes. like that which yeah it was it was like pickups for munchin pickup trucks yeah how hot her husband is which girl who are you trying to impress he's related to reba there can only be one hot family member and it's her <laughs> um yeah. and there's just very limited things you can talk about in that i guess in that verse while being kelly clarkson yeah yeah, I mean, the, the the song was perfect as a one-verse uh, uh, little sketch on a TV show. It that needn't have been expanded. Yeah, that was what it was meant for, and yeah. that's all yeah. we need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, um, yeah. Great show. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's just a, it's a very funny... Like, they have a few tiny musical moments in that show, and I think they're all really good and well-placed. Yeah. yeah. Well, Well-earned. Yeah, yeah, because because that's the thing about especially about using pop music in a show that doesn't prominently feature pop music. Because like you have your uh, having never seen This Is Us, I'm assuming This Is Us does this, but like the last five minutes of every episode is just like a montage set to a sappy yep. pop song, they probably. Um, yes. And and Shit's Creek, you know, despite being a very um, like emotional show at times, like a very almost saccharine show at times, like it, it, it yeah. thankfully does not rely on pop music to sort of dictate what you should be feeling. Um, it comes right. from character moments and, and interactions. Um, so that when you do get that musical moment, it, it, it hits really hard. Yeah, totally. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that's why people call it like the parks and rec of like Canadian shows. Cause it has a very similar energy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like the same thing with parks and rec. It's like, a lot of their musical moments are really well placed. And then of course, like something like Bye Bye Little Sebastian, yeah. 500 candles, 5,000 candles in the wind kind of always appears again. And yeah, right. The moment they all share, you know, um, a song they all love and share it well, except for Ben, he doesn't understand Little Sebastian, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, she's Creek yeah. is, is, I agree. It can be a little saccharine sometimes, but I think sometimes it's just so heartfelt. And yeah. And, and I think that the, the, sappiness as well as the music it, it it all feels very character motivated you know it's not like extra diegetic sound that's you know hammering you over the head with the feeling of a of a scene it's it's coming mm -hmm. from these characters hearts and their appreciations and it makes them feel like well-rounded you know realistic characters totally yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I think again i want to go back to that the moment with patrick and um david because i just love how like horrified david was at the idea of the mm -hmm. open mic and then of course it ended up being this very like special yes yes moment that you know kind of solidified their future i guess mm -hmm. um i just uh yeah I love moira in that scene too because yeah. i can't remember who but someone's trying to talk to her and it's like one of the few very real moira moments yeah. where she's like being like truly emotional and yeah. she's like someone uh, my, my son's lover is serenading him it is and funny that so she she frequently good. has those those uh those emotional breakthrough moments in like gatherings like the i yeah. think season one or season two in mutt's barn when they have that party and like there's a, a, a nice feeling of family togetherness and then right before i don't i mean i don't think you're this far julian but like right before stevie does her performance. Mm -hmm. There's like a really great moment between those two. Yeah. I think a lot of Moira's moments like that make me 
cry actually yeah that, that episode really got got me yeah. Um, yeah. yeah nice nice pick Jillian why don't you keep it going Whew. so my pick is uh, Burt Cooper singing the best things in life are free in the mid series finale episode of Mad Men the stars in the sky the moon on high they're great for you and me because they're free The best things in life are free. The stars belong to everyone. They gleam there for you. Oh, the final season, however, it was um, split up in, I think, six episodes and six episodes, mm-hmm. something like that. Correct. So the first six episodes aired in the fall, and they they called it a finale. And then they picked up the same season, I think mid spring or something like that. They did it in a very odd way, but um, it was an episode called Waterloo. Mm -hmm. Um, And the song has like a million meanings for that particular time in the show. Um, But at the time, Don Draper is like struggling to like get all of his ducks in a row and do it in the right way for the first time. He's trying to get his job back. He's trying to let his current wife, Megan, do what she needs to do to have a fulfilling life. He's trying to let go of Betty and try to understand his teenage daughter. Um, He's just trying to like see where he fits in everyone's lives, I feel like, and then trying to decide at the same time what he wants his life to be. So um, so, so I was was reading up on this episode and I think before the scene occurred, he had just sort of refound stable ground at at least at least at the agency um and then yeah yeah take it so so he's like back at the agency and burt cooper has recently passed um and off screen we don't get a lane price repeat he he dies off screen (laughs) yes mm -hmm. he is just like walking through the office as usual and a wild burt appears in his natural habitat and you see him with his sock covered feet and no shoes and all of the secretaries become chorus girls and they do this pleasant little number singing the best things in life are free um and it's just so sweet and it's so wholesome and it like he he does it in the very talk singy way that an old man of that time would have sung it um where he was truly just trying to get those words across to his friend, I feel like. And I also felt like throughout that whole series, he kind of played a fatherly role to Don. Like they were, they were equals in professionalism, but like on a personal level, he vouched for him a number of times where he wouldn't normally have that support anywhere else. So um, it's beautiful. And it always makes me emotional to watch. And it like always makes me recalibrate. Also um, within that song, the the phrase the moon belongs to everyone mm-hmm. they're also some kind of space thing is happening at the, that time the moon follow something the apollo um, moon, moon landing yeah yeah and uh which sort of at least in the chronology of the of the episode coincides with bert's death yeah so it all kind of ties together especially like um oh my god what's his daughter's name kiernan shipka sally what's her 
Huh? Sally. Sally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who she just like- <laughs> take, takes full on Betty attributes in that episode. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, she has, you know, a, a liberal college student's view of what that moon landing means and, um, you know, like how it costs more than like is technically needed. Why do we actually have to do this or whatever? And Don tells her that she's being cynical. And then I think it makes him like look at himself harder in the mirror at like how cynical he can be at his own things. It's like a big twist in that final season and that not, not a twist, but like a big pivot point. I feel like for him as a character and I just love it. Yeah. I, I, um, boy, I I did a bunch of reading on this. I I mean, it it was a very well-documented sequence. Um, a lot was made of it because despite Bert not having a, a really, you know, influential role in the show, he was, he was a constant presence. Um, And I'm going to try not to reiterate just a bunch of facts because that's, you can do the reading on your own, but um, the actor that played uh, Bert uh, was uh, uh, a like musical comedy guy, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in his heyday. And actually I think won a Tony for something for a stage production. Yeah. And um, boy, his perspective on the whole thing was just amazing. Uh, Matthew Weiner, you know, told him before that season started shooting what would happen. And he was just very graceful about it. Uh, My favorite little tidbit from the sort of behind the scenes is that the, the wave that he sort of, you know, sends Don off with was, was improv. Um, And it just, it, it, it's such a graceful cap on the whole thing. And the other, behind the scenes tidbit that I enjoyed was that throughout, I think he said it took them six takes, which that, that's a lot of takes for that whole song. Um, yeah. um, uh, John Hamm was there for the whole time uh, because again, I'm, I'm regarding forgetting the actor's name, but the guy that plays Bert, he said he really needed someone to, to direct those words towards because you know, right. this wasn't the actual Bert Cooper. This was the ghost of Bert Cooper, or at least mm-hmm. a, a manifestation of Bert in, in Don's mind speaking to Don. This was Don's right. subconscious speaking to itself. Um, yeah. and, um, you know, since you, since you shared this, this pick with us, I, I have since gone and I've only rewatched the first episode, but what occurred to me is that so much of this show, at least in the very early goings is, um, Don feeling like he has this very tenuous hold on the, um, very real, but, but in a way artificial life that he's built for himself. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Bert Cooper telling him that the best things in life are free, that, Hey, maybe you're valuing the wrong things is such a powerful moment um, conveyed in a very, um, you know, entertaining way in a, in a way that not only speaks to the aesthetic of the time, but is so wrapped up in the history of this actor. Um, And uh, I mean, Mad Men is not a show that uh, often exercises self-indulgence, but this is a perfectly self-indulgent moment, a flight of fancy for a show that's very grounded in realism um, that is like so emotionally resonant that um, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that there's probably a lot of people who like saw this clip out of context and were like, Oh, this silly show with these dancing people. It's like, uh. mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's, I, I think that and, and the, um, the Shit's Creek clip, are both ones that, you know, to a certain extent work on their own, but are so indebted to, you know, seeing the show through to, to that point. Um, yeah. Because you, you lose a lot not having the context, obviously. It's true. Yeah. yeah that yeah. moment is really special. Because, like, I feel like it's, like, one of the first times, too, you really see Don, like, 
emotional. Like, mm-hmm. tell he was like a little shaken, but kind of like, yeah. oh, like I think it's like probably one of his most human moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then obviously we see the like the last six episode how he he sort of evolves after that and mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a really great kind of a great like uh, way to sort of almost drive like the plot of the next six episodes. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think and, it and question a lot. And I I, I mean the, <laughs> that show is operating on so many levels at at all times, um, but it's the most obvious part is like, Oh, well, this is the, the passing of an older generation and, and man just landed on the moon. Like the, the, there's there's no turning back from this significant advancement in, in, you know, what humans are capable of. Um, Right. Yeah. (sighs) Good pick. Yeah. Great pick. (laughs) Um, And now for a a neck shattering left turn into the field (laughs) of just total banality. Um, um, I, I feel like a real shithead. Your guys' picks were so good. Um, So my pick, I I love this. (laughs) My pick is the sketch called keeping the beat uh, from, I think season one of the birthday boys. It's me, the drummer. I think drumming's really neat. Sitting in the back and I'm keeping the beat. Keeping the beat. Keeping the beat. Yes, it's true. I'm keeping the beat. Um, so to set the stage, uh, Birthday's Boys is a sketch comedy uh, show. It ran for two seasons. It's on IFC, co-produced by uh, Bob Odenkirk. Um, Tragedy. Yes. Um, yeah, cut cut short. Um, yeah, Gone before it's time. Um but uh, a lot of the birthday boys are contemporaries of like Scott Ackerman and the whole like uh, CBB um, comedy bang bang sort of crop of people. Um, and their sensibilities are very similar, but, um, but I don't know. There's something about the birthday boys uh, chemistry that I, I just find magical. And uh, this sketch sort of starts out as a very obvious um, send up of um, at least the music video aesthetic of like early aughts emo um, it actually evokes a very specific Thursday music video that I, I can't remember what the, I think it might be war all the time. Um, but like as the first time I saw the sketch, I was like, that's a Thursday video, like from the lens flare to like the way the camera sort of like pans around them to the way the lead singer sort of like, I don't know, gesticulates around the mic stand. Um, the next yeah, <laughs> yeah. Crane, like craned upwards next. Um, and it's just, it's this very like self-serious song. Uh, but then at some point or at, at a couple of different points, um, the drummer sort of just takes control of the song and starts singing about how he loves being a drummer and how he loves keeping the beat. And he talks about getting his hi-hat or like his cymbals on sale or something. Um, <laughs> and and so this is the thing I love about the Birthday Boys is that they, they take they take sketches in very un expected directions a lot so 
a lesser sketch comedy group would have just ended it, you know, just had it this like little self-contained homage about like, oh, this ridiculous music video. But then we we go one layer out and it's the band uh, in their like A&R office guys, you know, and he's and he's reviewing the video and he and, you know, he, he like hits pause on the thing and he says, well, the song seems a little short. And uh, Skip Dickey, who is the name of the drummer, <laughs> um, <laughs> as you only learn from like the little Chiron, like the MTV style Chiron that shows up like before, like at the beginning and end of the video where it would tell you the artist, the name, the song name and the, the album name. Um, and Skip Dickey, the drummer, he says like, oh, like he starts to, to make concessions. At which point the lead singer, who is inexplicably British, cuts him off and he says, <laughs> yeah. and he says, no, like we won't change our art. Um, and I, there's just, they just layer so many jokes on top of one another and then they get out. Like they, they go that one extra layer out and just add a lot, a bunch of layers of absurdity and then it's out. And I just, I love like how accurately observed the music video is. I love that they take it that one step too far and then just add a bunch of random elements. Um, yeah, it's just, it's like peak birthday boys. And I, it's just, I, I watch it over and over again. Yeah. I love everything that Bob Odenkirk touches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think what he really taps into really well, but makes feel relatable is a sense of absurdity to everything. Um, he's able to really bring that to the fore. Um, I mean, obviously, um, just the the nature of performance in and of itself, especially for like for you know emo and 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 genres of music that are parallel to that um, that can be so deadly serious. Um, there's something just explicitly absurd about it, and and I feel he taps into that very well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the yeah. other birthday boy sketch that I nearly chose was the book guy. Um, sketch where it's Tim Kalpakis uh, running around like a school basketball court um, singing the type of song in a musical where it's, it's the character describing what, what they like to do. And there's various like people, you know, in or around the town that are also singing, but everyone is just terrible <laughs> and the lyrics are yeah. terrible. Um, yeah, that was, that was my runner up and I just felt I had to mention it. Um, but yeah, that is the uh, keeping the beat sketch from the Birthday Boys. is ostensibly the lead single uh, despite the fact that Letter which was released last year does appear on Flower Devotion um, it's it's uh, very interesting timing on the song uh, when it was written it has nothing to do with uh, social isolation or anything having to do with related to Corona um, <laughs> it was written by uh, lead singer slash bassist Emily Kempf uh, when they got off tour and she was really looking forward to having some alone time um, I'm butchering the quote but uh 
she said something along the lines of, um, I just wanted to explore being very chill while completely by myself. Um, and that is very apparent in the lyrics. Um, the lyrics sort of touch upon uh, the aspiration of being a loner and wanting to be able to sort of put some distance between um, her, uh, you know, the speaker and people that she is, for whatever reason, uh, either forced to or, or voluntarily spends a lot of time with. Um, but there's a lot of good takeaways that, uh, you know, you can kind of use for, for self-strength in the time of isolation. Um, it's got maybe, maybe my favorite Emily Kemp vocal performance. Um, yeah, she does good. some, <laughs> she's just, she's really exploring, um, the creativity of her voice. Um, mm. and I'm hoping that that remains consistent throughout the album. Um, but you know, short of that, um, this song features also some really nice harmonies, um, I just I just can't say enough good things about this band. I'm I'm so so excited uh, for this album, yeah. and I and I really I, the, I really hope they blow up. Yeah, me too. I really like the guitar in this song too. Mm -hmm. I think it's like really strong. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. It's great. It's a great song. I'm yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a little I'm excited because it, they've gotten a little bit of coverage because of this song. Um, mm -hmm. Under the radar, um, the the blog Under the Radar covered them. Uh, Line of Best Fit covered them, um, and there was. Um, Ooh, just oh, uh, there, there was a, a, a an art, one of the articles that covered the song talked about how I guess the the band for their last album Water wanted to um, explore basically the depths of minimalism, like how minimal they could make a song while still making it a rock and roll song, and mm. they wanted to do not the direct opposite of this, but but make it sound fuller, um, just you know really. Um, you know, allow a, a, a higher degree of production into their sound. Um, I, they've definitely not lost their, you know, their identifying marks. Um, they yeah. still sound like, you know, garage rock by way of uh, the Velvet Underground. Um, mm -hmm. I was actually thinking about their dynamic with another Chicago band, uh, an uh, arguably more popular Chicago band, at um, Twin Peaks. Um, and it feels like they were both sort of born in the same space, but whereas Twin Peaks sort of follows the more... Um, I don't know, CCR oriented, um, you know, uh, uh, source of inspiration from like classic rock. Um, like I said, dead is a little more velvet underground. Um, mm. but yeah, that's, uh, loner by dead Jillian. Let us have it. Yeah. Ooh. So mine is not a new song at all, but this is for the quarantine playlist. So whatever. It's all good, um, baby. My song is called Clear the Air by Off With Their Heads. And then I get angry and then I get stressed. And you can't imagine and you can't compare. You have no frame of reference and then you get scared. I'm doing my best to help make you see that it's not your fault when I beg and I plead. It's much easier just to go back to sleep. But we gotta find a place to start because I'm falling apart. Um, I love this band as it is. This came out in 2010, so it's been 10 years um, off of the album In Desolation. Uh, the song just fucking rips. It's so good. It literally gets every single emotion out of you. Um, and I think it really pairs well with this playlist because um, it's just like someone confessing why they are the way they are, probably to a current partner. 
Um, but I feel like right now, like everyone's struggling with quarantine and everything. And like, I, I feel like not the worst of everyone, but everyone's like little demons and like bad habits come out right now. And like, you're not exactly showing the best side of yourself. So it's just a lot easier to like openly communicate with people. I act this way because in my past this happened or because I deal with this mental illness or something like that. So it's just a very open and raw song and there's two different versions of it. There's the original version, which I think is my favorite, but there's also an acoustic version that they put out a couple of years ago and it is equally great. So would highly recommend both. I've never heard of this band. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, they're from Minneapolis. They actually come here quite a bit. And when I lived in Detroit, they came to like the shit bars there too. Um, but they were on No Idea Records for a time. So that explains um, why I like them so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> um, because a lot of my favorite bands were on that label, obviously. Um, I honestly, like a friend got me into them a few years ago. So like, I've never done too much of a deep dive I I know that like because they play some smaller venues um I think the lead singer uh likes to have a drink or two and interacts with the audience quite a bit and sometimes does not show the best side of himself so um I have not personally experienced that but I've heard uh mixed reviews on him so uh, and, and and what 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 kind of music is it Um just like hard rock I would say just good rock and roll yeah cool Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, the song title again. Clear the air. Clear the air by off with her. Their head. Their head. Mm-hmm. Their heads. Heads plural. Yeah. Okay, so multiple people are getting beheaded in this. Everybody. Ooh, ooh okay. All right. Take take no <laughs> oh, prisoners. God. All righty, Sasha. <laughs> what is your song for Homo Hall Sin? Homo Halson. Um, so you won't believe it, but I have two. One of them whoa, is whoa, for whoa. yeah, there you go. <laughs> One of them's kind of for Mike. So, but um, my song is a song called "Paid" by Andy Pickett. I Um, so this song came on my discover weekly playlist and this, the lyrics are so basic. It's literally just like, I want to get paid. It says, I don't want to get paid. And I mean, and I don't mean maybe, yes, I want to get paid. Does that sound crazy? And then it literally just, it basically just repeats with like the last line of each verse being different. And it's like kind of like a dance song. I feel like I could definitely hear this in like a gay club somewhere or something. Um, uh, Totes relatable. Yeah. Love getting paid. Yeah. I mean, I think like it kind of, it kind of has the energy of somebody who I was kind of just thinking of people who are sort of struggling right now, the quarantine and like how, you know, people are not working. I don't know. It could just be this kind of like almost like an anthem for like, we all deserve better than this bullshit. Um, we all deserve to get paid better and we all deserve to get treated better and, um, so yeah, I, I just think it, it was just a song that came on my Discover Weekly that kind of caught my ear and 
decided to try to dig into it, but there's really not much on this guy. Um, he only has one album. It's a self-titled called Andy Pickett. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it with him, with this song. Um, so my next pick is, I wanted to pick something that I just really like. And this is also a song that Mike really likes. So I'm just gonna pick Capacity by Charlie Bliss. Yeah. It's a song that I just absolutely love from an album that I am growing to like a little bit more. I feel like the first time I heard it, I didn't like it as much. It is a grower. That is totally accurate. It's a grower. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. I I think I just was so used. I was listening to Guppy like crazy. And it's a little different than Guppy. It's not obviously not bad. It's it's just a lot more poppy. Um, But it's a really good album. Oh, yeah. Man, lyrically, like that out, like there in general, I feel like that band is surprisingly like lyrically like um, robust. Like they just have deeper lyrics than you kind of expect them to. Um, you know, you kind of people I think can't get past Eva's voice, and I think that's like doing them a disservice. Um, yeah, I just I really like that song. I I, I love the the kind of breakdown in the middle, the guitar solo, and then when it kind yeah. of oh, the, changes a little bit. The um, lab, yeah, the tempo change just soars. Oh, it's so, so it's it gives you chills. And it's so simple. It's so simple. Yeah, that it so, is. No one's like shredding on it. Mm-hmm. It's just right. like a bop within a bop, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, uh, and and the, the, the big drums are just, you can't fuck with them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I always imitate them when, yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I can't help it. <laughs> it's so good. It's uh, like an ode to boundaries. It's just like totally. so good. Yeah. I love and I feel, it. And I feel like that could also sort of relate to anybody that's in quarantine, maybe with a lot of people. And maybe oh, it's yeah. kind of hard. Yeah. yeah. And, and especially the that like... That, that sort of reaction that everyone was having at the beginning of like, oh, I have so much time. You know, I'm going to write the great American novel. I'm going to finish my album. Yeah. I'm going to do this. It's like, totally. maybe this isn't the best time to do that, you know, because we, we are certainly lacking for inspiration, some of us. Um, and I, I think on a day-to-day basis, a lot of us feel like we're getting to our capacity for <laughs> bullshit and you just got to check out sometimes. Um, yep. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No, I I would totally agree that that album is a grower, uh, and especially coming off Guppy, that was such a such a singular piece, and yeah. for them to pivot to yeah, what is arguably a more radio friendly sound, but still main, still retaining their Charlie Blissness, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, fantastic song, very good album. Yeah, mm-hmm. great band all around. Yeah, They're really good. Big energy, big energy. <laughs> yes. Folks, that's going to do it for us for another two weeks. Uh, we want to thank Josh Stanley from the band Modaf for our theme song. You can find out more about them at modaff.bandcamp.com. 
And you can uh, see more of our Shana Punhams at uh, on Instagram at DYBEpod. And you can email us at DYBEpod at gmail.com. And um, what do we want to leave the listeners with? Um, you know, just look at Wuhan. They're not doing well. They reopened. Let's let's take it. Let's pump the brakes here, folks. You know, mm-hmm. I, I realize yeah. that you feel like your freedoms are being encroached upon. They're not. People are dying. Stay indoors. Yeah. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Yep. Keep it chilly. My little billies. Mm, chilly. <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Uh, bye. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah,